Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mr. New York, Mark Simone on WOR. Hey, it's a beautiful Monday. Look at that sunshine out there. Doesn't look like the summer from hell, but uh, if you're a commuter, it is. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on with that summer of hell. Uh, we'll get to uh, the fake Russia story is back. Uh, they just weren't comfortable without it. They just It's a coping mechanism that the swamp, the Democrats, the media needs uh, just to make themselves feel better. So we'll get to the fake Russia story. We'll get to uh, Mayor de Blasio goes completely insane. 200 cops were injured by those protesters, and the mayor flew over there to be with them. Not the cops, the protesters. And Chris Christie, I think, is totally ruined. Forget, I mean, forget government. He was leaving government. Joe Bartlett's going to get all excited. I think this picture has destroyed any hope of a private sector job. <laughs> it is not going away. It is this. Uh, it's being photoshopped into more and more scenes, and it's a big problem. So we got lots to get to. You remember I told you about two, two three weeks ago? Was it three weeks ago? Russia story over. Everybody was told, uh, stop the Russia stuff. Uh, Democrats went to all their leaders and said, you got to stop this. You're making us look like we're all insane. And uh, word went out in a lot of newsrooms, even CNN. Everybody got a memo. No more Russia stories. Drop it. Uh, and that was it. So why did it come back this weekend? Another fake Russia story. I th- well, I don't think it's fake. I oh, mean, he totally admi- fake. Well, totally fake. Well, this woman he- has nothing to do with anything with the Kremlin. It's just some woman. In fact, uh, we've uh, traced down her connections to Hillary's campaign. <laughs> but Donald Trump Jr. admitted he took the meeting because she claimed to have dirt on the Hillary Clinton yes, campaign. But I was up there at that time, and they were taking uh, like 12 meetings an hour. They were like setting them up in multiple rooms. It was like a dentist running from room to room. Everybody took these meetings, yeah. every campaign, sure, sure. everywhere. Yeah. The woman has no connection, nothing to do with the Kremlin, no connection to Russia, except she may actually be Russian nationality. Her connection is to a political firm called Fusion GPS, which is a dirty tricks operation for Hillary Clinton. So... <laughs> Uh, nobody quite knows what she was doing there. Uh, he, uh, Donald Jr. has a friend. Well, I can't remember the guy's name. Big music promoter. He's in the music business. And they became uh, friends. They worked together. Something to do with Miss Universe. And she knew this guy. And this guy got her in the door. But as I said, it was like a, like a dentist's office there with uh, multiple meetings going on at the same time. People coming and going with information. Uh, she claims she had dirt on Hillary. Every campaign, everywhere, everybody takes these meetings all day long. Woman had no connection to the Kremlin of any kind, nothing to do with anything, uh, just a lawyer. And then uh, but there was something else she wanted. Can't uh, Russian uh, adoption. Russian adoption. Yeah, but then there's a... There's also a policy. Well, that had to, it was a bill that had to pertain to Russian, the adoption of Russian children. I think yeah. uh, Putin put it on hold. And this is during the campaign. Yeah, I mean, you're a candidate. Yeah. You don't know. You, yeah. you know, you haven't even won anything yet. You can't. So basically, they ended the meeting real fast. But it means absolutely nothing. So the question is, 
Uh, everybody was told, drop the Russia story. There is no Russia collusion. Uh, our intelligence agencies have looked into that. Uh, James Clapper, director of intelligence under Obama, said absolutely no evidence of collusion. The FBI has looked into it. Every Democratic senator who went in for the private briefing came out saying there's no evidence of any collusion. It was over. Why would they bring it back on Saturday? Well, the reason is things went very well between Trump and Putin. It was a very maybe the single most successful first meeting of any president. Remember, JFK met with Khrushchev, and it was uh, uh, they realized it went very badly. He uh, looked weak. He didn't look tough enough in front of uh, front of um, Khrushchev. And Khrushchev uh, then gave us the Cuban Missile Crisis. He thought Kennedy was weak. This happens a lot. Putin thought Obama was weak when he met with him. I mean, look at the pictures now. If you go to my Twitter account, I have them up. Look at the pictures of uh, Obama and Putin. Obama looking frightened sitting there. <laughs> body language was terrible. Uh, but the body language experts have gone over the Trump-Putin pictures and said, perfect. Not only were they uh, treating each other like equals, but Trump looked more dominant there body language-wise. In the meeting. So it was supposed to be a 30-minute meeting. It went two hours and 16 minutes. That's pretty successful. That's a good meeting, yeah. Yeah, so that's why the fake Russian story was put out on Saturday, because uh, this could become the topic of the Saturday shows. It's to distract from the success of the Putin meeting. Uh, <laughs> that's the point. What will they do? They'll let it fizzle. They'll do what they did with every other fake Russia story. They'll, they'll do it for a few days. It'll fizzle out and go nowhere. That's why all the uh, Democrats are telling their leaders the, you know, in Congress and we're telling their leaders, stop this. You're making us look insane. That's why uh, they had to drag out Lindsey Graham and John McCain to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> they would have had to spend the Sunday shows <laughs> trying to explain why the meeting with Putin seemed pretty successful. You know, if you have a 30-minute meeting schedule and you go two hours and 16 minutes... That's a successful meeting. Something's happening, yes. Yeah, something's happening. That's very good. Now, Trump, I've told you this before, he's got this uh, old, um, he's a master negotiator. But one of the tricks is if you're going in what's, with what's supposed to be an enemy who's expecting a duel, offer a partnership. That's one rule. If you go with the book, The Art of the Deal, he explains all this stuff in there in a very interesting way. But when the guy's expecting a duel, offer a partnership. Doesn't mean you're really going to do it. Just Start with that. It just throws them so off. So that's the whole cybersecurity thing. Yeah. So uh, he's expecting to get yelled at about cybersecurity. You come in offering a partnership. It's too long to go into, but if you read The Art of the Deal, he explains why that first step can lead to lots of uh, progress on a lot of things. But uh, the meeting went well. Uh, I think the one thing he sees is uh, Trump. You, you know, you, you hear all these things about these uh, presidents. But then you go and meet them at the summit, and that's where you get your first real reaction. You know, if you saw Obama on television, if you were Putin and you studied the video, Obama, one of the greatest speakers, you see him in an interview, just that the sound of his voice, the way he spoke, sounded like the smartest, most worldly man in the world. But then when Putin meets him, he sees he's a guy without much experience. He's intimidated. He's frightened. Remember, Obama never had an actual job of any kind uh, before, never actually did much. You know, he was... Uh, Almost a professor. He was a guest lecturer. He uh, had a law degree but never practiced law. He did get elected to the Senate, but he was only there 144 days. So he's not a guy with a lot of experience. But if you're Trump, you've been in a hell of a lot of meetings, tough meetings, and you've negotiated with some tough guys. You know, if you want your concrete poured in Manhattan, <laughs> think about who you got to meet with. I mean, there's a, there's a Vanity Fair writer 
from a million years ago hates Trump, but she's writing this article. I just read it. She said the first time she met him, she went to his office, and there was Roy Cohn and Fat Tony Salerno, mob boss. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, Trump has some experience not getting intimidated around people. So the body language was probably pretty good. Uh, so that's why you're back to the fake news, and CNN is back. Hey, by the way, CNN dropping a lot in the ratings, really dropping. And MSNBC is going up, so it's not a case of liberals abandoning things. I think the problem is, but Fox still number one. Fox easily number one. But MSNBC up. Uh, I think the difference is MSNBC doesn't lie about who they are. I mean, it's pretty obvious. They make it pretty clear we're a liberal network. We're crusading for liberal causes. CNN does this fake thing of trying to pretend it's a news channel. As if we're doing a newscast, which they're not. So I think that's the problem. I think even liberals don't like that. You you know, admit what you're doing, but they try to fake well, it. They but, are def- you know adversarial when it comes to the White House. I think yeah, not adversarial. They're on a crusade. <laughs> they're on a crusade. They're at war trying to kill him. There, but M- MSNBC, especially at night, you watch it. They're pretty obvious about what they're doing, which yeah. is fine. But yes, be obvious. But CNN's still trying to pretend it's a newscast, and it's ridiculous. I mean, and it takes too long to watch. Every, you watch CNN, and every time they say anything, you got to go Google it for 20 minutes, see if, it even, if it's even true. So <laughs> it's tough to watch. Hey, by the way, anybody watch Megyn Kelly last night? You know, I did, on purpose. Yeah, she was hardly even in the show. Uh, that's what I found. It was, where is she? She's not on her own show anymore. It's very interesting. Last week, they dropped Megyn Kelly. They ran an old Dateline rerun. This week, they brought it back, but without her in it. Some, I think she did something Toward the tail end. Yeah, toward the tail end, like the third piece, which meant nothing. They let her do that piece. But the major pieces, the first half hour, she wasn't in it. She would just do a little 10-second intro, and somebody else would do the piece. What's that say? <laughs> this may be the single greatest disaster in television history. Now, you know, on MSNBC, Greta left. They fired her at 6 o'clock. The Greta Van Susteren show, they fired her at 6 o'clock. You notice they put in a very weak replacement? Everybody was a little stunned. I think there's a reason for that. I think they're holding that spot. That will be the dumping ground for Megyn Kelly. That's 6 o'clock slot. Now, she's not good. She can't interview very well, and she's not much of a talker. But what they'll do is they'll make it a newscast. Like, well, kind of like Brett Baer. They'll do it more like a, or like Shepard Smith. It'll be a teleprompter. She'll introduce, introduce other reporters then. Yeah, or it'll be a straight newscast, you know, maybe some interviews at the end. But I think that's why the uh, funny, weird 6 o'clock show on MSNBC now, that's the dumping ground where they'll throw her. They're trying to unload the contract. If they can't do it, (laughs) stick her there. Uh, We'll get back to Donald Trump. Chris Christie has destroyed himself. Now, Joe Bartlett, you people with that bridge gate. That was like your Russia story. It was going nowhere. Hey, that's that's a story. I don't care what you say, <laughs> what the courts say. He knew. Okay. He but nobody, knew. Nobody could prove anything. But forget it. You don't need it. This <laughs> beach chair picture has wiped this guy out. You remember the first day it was uh, – they took it and Photoshopped it into From Here to Eternity. Yeah. And there was a couple other Photoshops. Right. And I thought that's funny for today. And then the next day there were more and they were better. And then the next day there were even better ones. And they're still coming out and they're getting better. The best one I like is the one of him sitting on the GW Bridge in his beach chair. Uh, see, I like the Abbey Road one where he's sitting in the middle of Abbey Road. <laughs> I called it Flabby Road. And I put oh, that, I got a lot of, it's up on my Twitter if you want to see it. Gee. Uh, oh, no, the best one is the Putin one. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. All well, right. well yeah. they just keep coming. I'm yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's on my Twitter. Go look at it. I have it on Facebook, too. It's the Putin-Trump meeting with Christie <laughs> in the middle of this. Go watch it. It's just, Look at it. It's hysterical. So I think uh, he's not, he's not going to run for anything. He's term-limited out, so that's the end of his political <laughs> career. But we were last week talking about, uh, well, what big private sector job was he going to get? I don't think anybody's going to touch him right now. Yeah, good. He's just too much of a laughing stock. He'll be doing talk radio. I don't know that it, that picture may have killed his talk radio career. He could do sports radio. He looks like a sports fan. Actually, I, I spoke to a friend of mine who said, "You look at as a New Jerseyan, I hate the guy. I'm not going to listen to him on the radio." Yeah, I don't think I don't think he has any um, potential as a talk radio host. He can fill in here once in a while. That's about it. Imagine, I, imagine him doing that. Yeah, he's he's a fill in. I don't think you got to have uh, enough range to do five days a week. I know he has that kind of range, but. That beach chair picture, <laughs> I have. Can you name any a case in the history of politics uh, where Anthony always, Weiner? Oh, okay, <laughs> Anthony Weiner. But that's different. That's criminal activity. Right. That's criminal activity. I'm just talking about where somebody was in an embarrassing photograph. Michael Dukakis. Well, the tank, but it didn't kill him for the rest of his life. It, well, it wiped out his chances in the campaign. That's a good answer. Dukakis in the tank. You helped kill him in the campaign. But as soon as the campaign was over, he's still a very respected man. He's teaching at Harvard. He's appointed by the governor to this. This Christie is just too ridiculous looking now. He's just a laughingstock. Part of the problem was the outfit. Well, he had to know he was going to get photographed. I know, but the, those shorts and those thighs, I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> It didn't look like a before picture. It looked like a way before picture. It looked horrible. And those goofy sandals and the whole thing looked weird. Yeah. Just weird. I don't know why. You know, and this, if you watch the picture, there's one picture where he's looking up. He sees the plane flying overhead. And he just looks. You know, he didn't seem to realize, this is the end of my life. This, <laughs> this plane is photographing me. This is real trouble. So this uh, Mayor de Blasio, what is he, just insane? Is he just crazy? This was stupid. Uh, listen, this is him, the protesters. And uh, what are those protesters doing over there? This, uh, they're against what? They're against... Uh, I heard from one protester. They're against 20 nations deciding what the world should do. That's basically what they said. Well, well actually, it's a pretty good idea. But, uh, no, but they're supposedly calling them fascists. Yeah. But if you want to pro- protest fascists, maybe wearing black uniforms and throwing rocks and setting fires in Germany, <laughs> maybe that's not the way to do it. I mean, this was bad. Anyway, we got lots to get to. We'll get to James Bond. We'll get to uh, Apple. Uh, we'll get to Donald Trump. We'll get to CNN and the fake news. Hey, check out the webpage. Did you see this video of President Trump in the Marine? Yeah, it was nice. If you missed out, it was from this is from the weekend, but it's really, really touching. Watch what happens. The Marine's hat blows off, but watch the President of the United States go get it for him. And it's, that Marine didn't flinch. Yeah, well, I think he's not allowed to move. That's the problem. He couldn't get his hat, but it's it's a really touching video. Uh Go watch that. And then, uh, oh, I love this one. Ralph Cramden dancing Gangnam Style. It's really good. And then did you see the, uh, this is from the G20. The French president wants to be next to Donald Trump in the picture. Did you see this? He's just shoving everybody out of the way. He's pushing through people, shoving people. And you want to see something fascinating? The presidential motorcade, 1950s. Watch this. It's Dwight Eisenhower. His presidential motorcade. It's like three cars. 
and watch this cut together with today's presidential motorcade. The difference is unbelievable. And then uh, what? Now watch this video. Here's a montage of all the Democrats who kept saying the election was rigged. You're not supposed to say this, but every Democrat said it. So it's all up on the web page. Go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page, or just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark, 710WOR.com slash 710WOR. Hey, we'll take some calls. 800-321-0710 is the number. Apple is expected to be the first trillion-dollar company maybe within 12 months. That's right. Apple is currently uh, valued at $737 billion. If you wanted to buy Apple, it would cost you $737 billion. But uh, stock expected to reach a $200 price target over the next 12 months. That would make it the first trillion-dollar company. Now, a lot of people waiting to see the new iPhone the 10th anniversary edition, the iPhone, it comes out in October. Uh, now I'm hearing that the uh, one of the big features, the wireless charging, may not be ready to go with the phone. It'll, it'll have the wireless charging capability, but the wireless charger may not come out for another month, November, December. But that's one of the big features. It'll have a much, much better camera. Uh, the size will be a little different on it. Big- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your screen. Smaller phone with a bigger screen. That's right. They'll go edge to edge to get that bigger screen. And the wireless charging should be in there. Let's go to uh, Dave in Chicago. Hey, Dave. Good morning, Mark. Mark, uh, former Mayor Bloomberg at one time ordered a soda tax, and they tried to regulate the size of the drinks. Well, Illinois is pretty much trying to do the same thing. They've instilled a soda tax, which comes to one penny for each ounce of soda in Cook County. So my question to you is, Mark, is... Is this a short-term fix, or is this simply going to anger the voters? Oh, no, it'll anger the voters. It's total desperation. It's a ridiculous idea. Uh, Illinois in terrible trouble in every way, besides the the killing field in Chicago. Uh, financially a mess, a disaster. Tax everybody to death. You know, it's the the problem is you've got one of these states, and you've got a lot of them just controlled by Democrats. Uh, Connecticut is a good example of a Democratic governor who just tried to tax and spend and destroyed the state. Things are so bad, he knows he can't even run for re-election. He's leaving with his tail between his legs, but he's destroyed the state over the last few years. Companies leaving like crazy, people moving out of Connecticut, taxes out of control. Even General Electric, the, the centerpiece of Connecticut, nobody ever thought they would leave. They're leaving to go to Massachusetts. That's how bad it is. Massachusetts is even better. Uh, Daniel Craig... He's going to be James Bond again, 25th Bond film. It's the 25th Bond film. Now, you know, every James Bond, this goes all the way back to the beginning, Sean Connery, as soon as they become James Bond, they start yelling in all these interviews, to my last film, I'm never doing this again. This is terrible. I'm never coming back. They all do that. Why? Well, (laughs) 
It's not just money. Well, it is money. It's Cubby Broccoli. He was a he's the producer of all the Bond films. He was horrible to everybody. I mean, they just hated this guy. He's no longer with us. His daughter running things, but apparently it's the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to be James Bond? Every James Bond I ever talked to, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, although actually Roger Moore was pretty comfortable with it, but they'd all tell you they didn't like the role. It was terrible because everywhere you went in real life, people thought you were James Bond. Hey, we should all have that problem. (laughs) That's bad. Then they would tell you, you can't get any other roles. They just want you to be James Bond. Well, good. You don't need any other roles. Who would complain about this? Roger Moore, I'll accept him from that. He he actually enjoyed the whole thing. But uh, Connery did, uh, I think, was it more than five? Connery and Moore did the most Bond films. Daniel Craig will now join that group. You remember the other Bonds? There was, there was one in 1967, one film, George Lazenby, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Go back and watch it. He was excellent. A lot of Bond freaks think he was the the best Bond outside of Sean Connery, but he he got into a fight during the first film. Quit before the film was released. Uh, and then who else? Tim, Pierce Brosnan. He was good. He was really good. He had the face. From the neck up, he was good. He looked kind of scrawny below, didn't he? He didn't look believable in those fights. He didn't look like a really tough guy. But from the neck up, he looked great. And he was great with the lines. Then there was Timothy Dalton. Nice guy. Didn't belong in the Bond films. Didn't have the look. Didn't have the movements, just didn't. He always looked like he needed a protein shake or something. He didn't look right. And he was a Shakespearean actor. He was a very serious actor. What was he doing being James Bond? Well, he was going out with uh, <laughs> uh, Barbara Broccoli there. So uh, that's how he got to be James Bond. I uh, guess things didn't go well. Suddenly he wasn't James Bond anymore. Anyway, let's go to Vince in Wrightstown. Hey, Vince. Yeah, good morning. I know you've talked about it a lot of times, the DNC hard drive, but Trump and, and his lawyers, the son's lawyers, they need to make this clear. Because all these accusations are basically based on the, the, the false claims from the DNC that they were hacked by the Russians and given it to Donald Trump. Now, they keep saying there's 17 agencies. Well, no, 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 no. That's, that story's been officially retracted. Right. But it still keeps going on. And Trump needs to say, listen, either subpoena that hard drive, either the Justice Department needs to subpoena it, their lawyers need to subpoena it. Yeah, I think it's too Trump. late now, though. Well, I mean, then it would be obstruction of justice if they destroyed it, but still. Man, I don't know. Point, no, I don't know if it is, would be. I, what I, is all of this based on? The, the only thing. Well, that, listen, uh, there is no uh, 17 intelligence agencies. That was total f- uh, fiction. The New York Times, everybody's officially retracted the story. There was never 17 intelligence agencies. They're now saying it's three. It turns out it wasn't even three. Uh, Clapper handpicked an, an analyst from three different agencies. So he had three analysts. So it was three individuals that looked into this. No agency has investigated this. Three analysts, three individuals investigated, and they never, ever, ever investigated the DNC server. They tried to. They asked for it 13 times, and the DNC refused to hand over the server. So there never has actually been any investigation of the DNC server. The DNC brought in a private company called CrowdStrike, let them look at it and issue a report. But nobody trusts this report. It's just a little private sector company. But there's never been an FBI, CIA, anything. No no agency of our government has ever seen the DNC server or investigated it. And now they were, uh, a Democrat was confronted with this, that crazy shift on the Sunday show. He said, well, uh, they did ask for it. They didn't get to see it. But the DNC provided a blueprint of the server. 
Well, that doesn't, what does that mean? Blueprint of the server. So if you've never actually seen the server, uh, touched it, looked into it, investigated it, you can't call that an investigation. You know who will be with us next? Michael Goodwin, the great uh, Pulitzer Prize winning columnist. We'll talk to him about Trump, about de Blasio, about Russia, all of that next on 710 WOR. Let's get the latest news. Here's Joe Bart. Well, the one column you must read every Sunday, every Wednesday is Michael Goodwin's column in the New York Post. Every Sunday and Wednesday and yesterday, a blockbuster column about Mayor de Blasio's insane trip to Germany. Michael Goodwin, how you doing? Uh, good morning, Mark. Thank you. This uh, Mayor de Blasio flying to Germany, he must know something we don't. It, it can't just be this crazy, can he? Well, look, I believe that, that de Blasio is a socialist, and this is a great gathering of socialists and anarchists and all the radical elements of the left, burn it down, break the windows, smash capitalism, occupy Wall Street times 10. And that's who he is. He's a member of that group. Now, I'm not saying he's there throwing the Molotov cocktails and setting the police cars on fire, but he's throwing verbal Molotov cocktails all the time about the establishment, about government, about uh, capitalism, about the banks. I mean, even though, of course, it is the capitalism that fuels the economy that he lives off of like a potentate, uh, living for free at Gracie Mansion. Somebody paid for his freebie tickets to Europe. Uh, somebody is always paying. So he's very happy to use other people's money while denouncing the way that money is generated. Uh, but look, I think, that, Mark, if he really was frightened about his reelection, he would not have gone, particularly now, given the police assassination last week, the funerals today, uh, the um, uh, the meltdown of the subways, the homelessness crisis ever, ever expanding. But he feels free to go and get on this international stage because he's not really worried at home. There's no great constituency at home for what he did over there. Uh, I think he has radical elements here, but they're not deciding factors. It's that there's no alternative message yet that has taken shape that could defeat him. So he feels free to thumb his nose at New York. Mm. So it's not uh, firing up his old base, the uh, two New Yorks. It's... uh... Well, look, I think there is some of that, but I don't think that I don't think that base needs to be fired up by a trip to Germany. Uh, I think that's almost uh, gilding the lily for them. They they know who he is. They're already with him. I don't think going to Germany in the midst of that chaos uh, adds to that base. I think it's just a sign of his confidence that. He doesn't really face a challenge, and so he can do what he really wants to do. I think, look, I think ultimately he has high aspirations for himself. He thinks, you know, 2020 is coming around. Uh, There's no Democrat yet who has seized the, the leadership of the party. He's clearly more aligned with the left wing of the party. Uh, the Bernie Sanders wing, and he's probably even more radical than Sanders. But that's the side of the party that has the energy. Uh, it doesn't have any ideas. It doesn't have any leadership yet. But he thinks that uh, he can say, look at what I've done in New York. Now make me, uh, make me your leader. Yeah, but he's such a Jekyll and Hyde figure. You know, for a guy who's so radical, hates capitalism, he's more tied up with lobbyists, donors, real estate guys, big business, doing them favors than anybody. Yeah, but th- but they all are, aren't they? I mean, Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Bernie Sanders and his wife. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many how many houses does Bernie have now? Three, uh, four. Yeah, yeah, right. Who who can keep count, right? Yeah. Uh, so look, I mean, I think I think there's a a vast reservoir of hypocrisy with all these guys. I mean, they want to smash the state while they get their piece of it. Uh, they want to be comfortable monetarily while they denounce money. Uh, I mean, it, it's always been that way with uh, the socialist left. They always live well. They see themselves as the rulers of equality. They don't actually live by the same rules that they promulgate for others. I mean, look at Barack Obama, right? He's the one who, you know, everybody else can can live off the electric grid and maybe put a solar roof on your on your umbrella or something while he juts around on private jets and you know, lives like a king. I mean, this is the classic hypocrisy of the limousine liberals, although now they're Gulfstream liberals. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Michael Goodwin, there was a brilliant little line in your column, it was buried in there, it was this quote from George Will, which kind yeah. of explains everything, all this moral grandstanding posturing. The goal of the liberal is to just feel good about themselves, like as if they've said the right thing, done the right thing, but not actually do anything. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a moral posturing, a moral grandstanding that has no relation to reality. I mean, again, you know, if de Blasio really cared about uh, uh, climate, the climate change issues that he describes, uh, would he fly to Europe? I mean, would he have a convoy taking him to the gymnasium, right, in, in Brooklyn every day? Uh, I mean, this, this is the kind of hypocrisy, I think, uh, that drives people crazy. And then when the left turns from urging that we all say not use fossil fuels to demanding it while they do it themselves. That's where I think the the outrage comes from people that this lecturing and hectoring and coercive this coercive liberalism that wants to force people uh, to to abandon their own values, their own rights, their own freedoms uh, in the name of a greater good, which they have defined and by, by which they do not live themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, it's like the rulers of the uh, of the Muslim world, a lot of whom drink alcohol while while presiding over alcohol free nations. I mean, they, once they leave Saudi Arabia, man, they hit the bottle as soon as that plane <laughs> takes off. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, not all of them, of course, but but enough of them that this sense of hypocrisy, I think, is, is always dooms these do-gooders, that they don't live by the, by the rules that they demand others live by. That is the fatal flaw for a lot of this political grandstanding. But, you know, you're right about it, just grandstanding to feel good. In other words, you pass Obamacare, you feel good, you did it for everybody. You don't notice for seven years that it's not working right, the premiums are too high, and you never bother to fix it. You just feel good you passed it. Right. You can say, we did this, we stand for this, we stand with. I mean, how many times do you hear that, right? <laughs> We stand with uh, the poor or whatever. Yes, you've made so many of them. You have to stand among them. Uh, I mean, Jason Riley from the Journal and the Manhattan Institute has, has a new book out, which is just fascinating, uh, called F uh, False Black Power. And in it, he talks about, uh, you know, all of these social programs meant to help the underclass have actually worked worsened conditions over over since the mid 60s. By all the all the measurements of the black underclass have gotten worse as the government has done more. 
I mean, he's got an earlier book saying, stop helping us. Uh, <laughs> it's, so I, I think there is some there is some big hole. It's the hole of reality. And that's why Donald Trump was elected. Fundamentally, Mark, that that was what came through the Trump campaign. All of these Democrats and the progressives and their uh, Republican imitators don't have any answers for ordinary people. Ordinary people have seen their lives, their, their style of life worsen, their quality of life, because their incomes have gone down, because of unchecked immigration, because of just, you know, government basically being run by lobbyists. Uh, so the, Trump, Trump's answer is, we will, we will report to you. We will take power back from the elitist and give it to ordinary people. It's a very powerful message, and it's resonating around the globe, as it has really throughout history. Uh, you, you have revolutions essentially started by people preaching to those who feel left out and who have been marginalized. And some of these revolutions are false, and, and they're misguided, but but Trump, I think, has an enormous opportunity to reshape America's government so that it is more democratic and more based on actual people's needs and what the elite uh, think are good for other people. Let let people speak for themselves. They know how. They know what they want. They know what they need. You don't have to impose it on them from the government. Very interesting, as always, Michael Goodwin. If you missed uh, yesterday's column, you can get it online. Michael Goodwin, every Sunday, every Wednesday in the New York Post. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, we got a lot to, to get to. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to Donald Trump. We'll get to uh, Chris Christie. We'll get to the summer of hell. What's going to happen in these subways and the trains and how's it going to get fixed? Oh, check out the webpage. There's a lot of good stuff up there. Hey, we've got a lot of great videos from the weekend. If you missed this, go take a look at it. It's a really touching moment between... The President of the United States and a Marine. Watch what happens between this Marine and Donald Trump. And, um, oh, Ralph Cramden dances Gangnam Style. You'll love that. And did you see uh, at the G20 summit, they were taking the group picture, and the French president was dying to be next to Donald Trump in the picture. But watch how he gets there. He's crawling under the legs of uh, leaders, uh, pushing other people aside, jumping over them. It's pretty funny. And then this is fascinating, this video. You see how the presidential motorcade has changed through the years. It's, it starts in the 50s. You'll see Eisenhower's motorcade pull up. Watch how small it is. And then you'll see Trump's motorcade. Watch how big it is. The difference is unbelievable. It's all up on the webpage. Go to 710WOR.com. Then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or you could just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710 wor.com slash mark hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.